That's Beer Radio, episode 102, January 28th, 2008. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer in the craft brewing industry. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. Oh, you sound like a game show announcer or I something. I was trying to do my, you know, come on down, Price is Right your, type Your, your Drew Carey thing. Huh? Right. All right. So tonight we're doing a, uh, some winter beers. I wish you guys could have seen the way that Jeff manipulated his hands when he was saying winter It was a beer. bit Mr. Burns, a bit excitement, a bit, I don't know. <laughs> Let's start off with the Blue Point Brewing Winter Ale. All right. I had their toasted lager before. It's decent. D-cap and catcher. Catches the cap. This says it's Long Island's Brewery. Blue Point is in Long Island, New York. I would assume. Otherwise, that label would be <laughs> not quite right. We're drinking these uh, out of tulip glasses because of a special beer at the end. Yes, mostly because of a beer later. So this beer pours... So what are winter beers, you may ask? Well... It's a wide and varied yes. topic. Beers that are yummy, pretty much. <laughs> no, winter beers are typically uh, multi... Sometimes they're spiced, uh, generally high in alcohol. Uh, but there could be hoppy winter beers, too, as we will see in a little bit later with the full sale, Wreck the Halls, which we'll be getting to. I don't have much background on what... This Blue Point Winter Ale is. But in general, you're going to see beers like this. They're, they're going to be more of a darker uh, color. This is kind of, uh, it's, it's brownish, maybe maybe a tinge lighter than coffee. The one thing uh, I notice about this beer is how it's so dark and you can't see through it. But when you like put your hand on the other side, it's like super clear and you like, can barely see your finger. It's, I don't know, it's just interesting. Normally, dark beers, you can either. So it's very, it's very clear clear dark it's like a consomme it's very clear <laughs> and uh, it smells malty what you would probably would expect i don't know whether this one is spiced or not it doesn't really say on the bottle and uh, we've been a little bit lax in grabbing and getting information yeah so lately. the aroma on it i'm getting two things i'm getting a little bit of alcohol and a hint of maple syrup mm Yes. Yes, I agree with you, Jeff. Uh, there is that... I don't know about pure maple syrup, but thinking like log cabin <laughs> maple syrup, you know, the kind <laughs> you can buy in, a, in in the grocery store where it's got a little bit of probably like molasses and sugar added to High it, to make, it corn syrup. to make it a little bit sweeter. It's got a bit more hoppiness than I expected, doesn't it? In fact, the first thing that, I, that I'm hit with is is kind of a bit of a, of a bitter hoppy... And then it spreads out into more maltiness. But there is still, I can f still feel uh, a little bit of bitterness sticking around. Now, there is the style of beer that is the winter warmer, which is a real style. And it's, uh, I think that's what this will fall into. It, they're typically a malty beer with, you know, higher levels of alcohol. This one's not crazy alcoholic, but there's, you can tell there's a little bit there. And I'm getting... Uh, yeah, some of these different flavors out of the malts and and yeah, maple syrup's still in there. I mean it's not doesn't taste like there's maple syrup added to this beer. It it's subtle, but it's just one of those flavors. It's in the beer. 
the very back, I'm getting a little bit of... Mm, how can I put this? A little bit of roasty flavor. Uh, perhaps a, a slight bit uh, stringency that you might notice with charcoal. Uh, not not a bad way. It's just a little bit of, of, of a hint of a flavor that I'm getting there. See, I was looking for those flavors on the first couple of sips because of the color that it poured. And it was like a brown poured or dark brown ale somewhere in there. But... I wasn't getting what I was looking for there. I, I didn't pick out roastiness, so... You're wrong. I, I am. <laughs> or am I right? Less for you to decide, dear listener. There was this, um... This has a very clean finish to it. I mean, well... No. There's a bit of aftertaste, but... How, it's, it's strange because it's... It's clean in the middle for some, for some reason. It comes across as... Like, it's going to finish clean. I don't know. I'm trying to... Let me take another sip and maybe we'll actually have a coherent thought All about right. that. Getting a little bit of fruitiness, too. Like, um... Maraschino cherry or something like that. Like a, Again, that sweetness, like you were saying from the maple syrup, that mm-hmm. that artificial sweetener. Something, Not artificial sweetener, but high fructose corn syrup type sweetener. Right. But, like, I'm getting a little bit of cherry. Well, I would imagine high fructose corn syrup is pretty artificial. (laughs) There's there's not much in the way of nature that's that sweet. It's not Splenda is what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, But I'm getting a little bit of that with some cherries. Almost some. I dare not say chocolate-covered cherries because it's not really chocolatey. But It's not dark fruit. It's not those kind of... um, Prunes, plums. Right. the, the, The sweet mix with a little bit of earthiness that you get from dark fruit it, it's much more on the level of pure sweet mm-hmm. but it's not really a cloying beer we keep saying how sweet it tastes right but right i'm not finding it a sticky or overtly sweet beer it's just the sweet flavors in the beer good point sweet has many levels sounds in oxymoronic doesn't it <laughs> or perhaps just moronic depending on how you're listening to it <laughs> You know what I what I like about this beer is it is kind of giving me different tastes every time I taste it. Um, I mean, it's the same beer, but there, there's 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 a good amount to it. It's not just it's not like fading off and being one thing over the other. It, I, I can keep tasting different things in it, so that's a, that's a good start. This is probably not a beer to get a case of because it's kind of challenging in a sense. Um, but to have one or two, I think it's, it's a good good beer. Not an especially drinkable beer because it's so hard to kind of f- figure your way around. Uh, I I kind of disagree with you again. I, I think this is a bit of an enjoyable drinker that you could have maybe not a couple of, you know, like five in a night or something. But I think you could work through a case of this over, you know, a month or so. I don't think you get sick of it. I don't think it'd be too much of the same thing either. So I showed Greg a... Um, but I would recommend people try it because yes. I think it's good. So I showed Greg a blog posting today of uh, Stone's Winter Storm. Right. Where they have Greg's Greg's own personal hell of <laughs> 35 stone beers on tap. And I told Jeff, that's not my personal. My personal hell would be, you know... Cave Creek chili beer, and like that. Uh, that that's that is to me evil, and uh, the the reason why I think that's evil is because those who don't know how I feel about Stone, I am very 
how could I? Everyone put? knows how you feel about Stone. If King. you don't know, I, I am I'm impressed. And yet he pushes on. I am very impressed with how such mediocre beers are given such oh, high level of uh, of attention. Um, to me, Greg wants to start another flame war on the message board. I think feel free to yell at me for for calling Stone mediocre. I I just I really there are some stones that I just don't like. There are some stones that I think are okay. There's no stone that I think is incredible. Did you see the um, – oh, I didn't check to see if Gary sent it to you, but did you see the email about Strong Beer Month in San Francisco? No, I didn't. No, Gary didn't send that to you? So 21st Amendment in Magnolia in San Francisco are having Strong Beer Month where they're both making five or six beers. They're all between 85 and like 11.5% alcohol by volume. And – I was looking at that, and it's a good thing it's a month long, because if you drink all the beers, you get a special collector's glass. And I'm just like, I'm kind of like, a strong beer month, drink 15 beers. I'm like, wow. That'd be pretty crazy. But anyway, to finish my thought, um, the reason why I feel that that's evil is I was trying to save you guys from the rest of the stone land. Sorry. (laughs) I just feel that uh, celebrating mediocrity is evil. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The um, Magnolia Barley Wine. It's called Old Thunder Pussy. Mm. Good name for a beer. <laughs> Sounds like something White Zombie would drink. So let's go on to the Flying Dog. Flying Dog sent us the uh, Doppelbock that we did on the uh, Doppelbock show, along with a couple other ones. And this is the Canine Cruiser Winter Ale. And this has a dog uh, snowboarding. So it must be good because dogs are only cool when they snowboard. We should clarify there's no actual dog in this beer. No. It's just on the label. Good point. If it's made out of In case you were wondering. If it was made out of dogs and snowboards, it probably wouldn't taste all that great. <laughs> uh you know, this one is another one of the same thing where you can see through the back yeah, of your finger. If you now, granted, we don't have the beer side by side because we just drank the last one. But this one pours like almost the exact same darkness of brown, a little bit of red in there, or you know, just slight, slight redness to it. Actually, like the peach head, highlights kind of. The head's whiter on this one, actually. I think the other head had a little more tanness to it. it smells quite different, though. Mm. So I'm getting a aroma. I'm having trouble placing. What are you smelling in the aroma? Chocolate. Up some chocolate, maybe um, prunish. Yeah, maybe prunes. Ooh, that's a full flavor. Mm. Definitely, and you definitely get the prunes and the dark fruit and the aftertaste on this one. So that's probably where the aroma was coming from. Nice and malty at the beginning. Alcohol's not really that present. See, this to me is more drinkable than than the winter ale because mm-hmm. the, the 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 blue, the blue point was. It was complex and had different tastes every time I tried it, so I really do recommend people try it because it's interesting. But this is uh, its a little bit fuller in terms of flavor. It really explodes in your mouth, and it's also not quite as complex. It, it's, it's giving – I mean it's not super straightforward. There's a lot of flavor in there and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. But it's a little bit easier to wrap your head around and wrap your tongue around. And, and you, I think that the most drinkable beers, you know what to expect when you put your tongue to – to the beer. You're mm-hmm. not always worry, wondering what kind of flavor you're going to get next time. Yeah, you're right. Getting an uh, interesting fruitiness on this one, too. And, you know, winter warmers would typically be brewed with, uh, you know, an English ale yeast, which would have, you know, a fair bit of 
fair bit of esters in there, so you probably get some fruitiness out of it. Trying to warm these up a little bit in these tulip glasses because it is kind of cold. Okay, I've got a couple of pieces of news. The first one is Free the Hops. That's that grassroots organization from Alabama. Mm-hmm. They call for a boycott of the Birmingham, Alabama Anheuser-Busch distributor. Apparently, this guy that runs the distributor has been working against them for craft beer legislation. Uh, so mm-hmm. they saw that it was finally fit to boycott or the, the Budweiser wholesaler in Birmingham. It's a little silly, isn't it? It gets, I mean, it gets press. It gets media. They're maybe, but your craft on. beer fans are already essentially boycotting Anheuser Busch. Anybody who's going to listen to what he's going to say is already basically boycotting Anheuser Busch. Yes, so but there's the press value. Maybe, but if you you know, for a boycott to have effect, it has to you know hits the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of silly talk. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be much. Uh, ammunition behind the boycott but i'm all for them go free the hops i mean i you know i'm i'm willing to say that i don't know what exactly the deal is why anheuser bush is blocking craft beer legislation it's not anheuser bush it's just the wholesaler oh and uh the last update on the uh, free the hops blog said that um they've been contacted by anheuser bush corporate they're going to look into it or something but apparently you know the guy just doesn't want to raise the alcohol cap you know, because he likes selling Budweiser. And I see. Them. Well, I mean, that that's bad, but that's not Anheuser Bush's fault. No. But we might have, we have some Alabama listeners. We had a couple people who sent us this news link. Just figured I'd I'm willing to criticize Anheuser Bush when, when they do something wrong. I mean, uh, um, when they make really shitty commercials, which they <laughs> have done in the past, uh, and, you know, when they say dumb things, but this is, this is not their fault. This is the fault of that guy. So it, it I mean, I understand the idea mm-hmm. of boycotting Anheuser-Busch, but most people who are going to follow that have already boycotting Anheuser-Busch anyway, for the most part. Yeah, right. The other piece of news is Oscar Blues Brewery grows 51% in 2007, and they are expanding to a new, much bigger brewery. Cool. So go Oscar Blues. I just bought some Oscar Blues the other day. I love that Dale's Pale Ale in a can. It's it's good, yeah. And uh, Gordon is pretty strong, but it's good, and... Ten fifty can be good. Old Chub, not a huge fan of the. Old not a Chub. huge fan of Old Chub either, but it's there. It is there, but Dale's Pale Ale. That's it's a great drinker, and it, it's just a full bodied multi IPA mm-hmm. with some good hops in there. And you can bring it to the bowling alley if you need to. There you go. <laughs> take a concert. Take a backpacking. It doesn't weigh as much as bottled beer, and you never have to worry about it getting skunked. Now, if you can just get U.S. Airways to to carry those beers. That's nothing. Airplanes. Mm-hmm. Can beers are better for airplanes. There you go. So, anything about the canine cruiser? I like intro? it. I really yeah, do like it. There's um, there's, there's little from Flying Dog I don't like. I mean, Flying Dog mm-hmm. makes some really good stuff. It's one of those beers where it's not exceptionally descriptive, but it's just fun to drink. It mm-hmm. just tastes good. Good drinker. Good drinkers, uh, as regular listeners know, tend to win me over. Starting to get a little, a little bit of um, maybe some of the hops, a little bit of bitterness coming through towards the end. Is it warmed up? Yeah, is it warmed up? I was starting to get a little bit of different flavors like that. All right, next beer is from Full Sail Brewery, Hood River, Oregon. Let's use a regular opener for this one. It's a bomber. <laughs> 
I just I want to mix it up a bit. I don't want to sound like we're shilling too hard. That's the Church Brew Works Church Key. <laughs> Compliment of the Church Brew Works in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So this beer is called Wreck the Halls. And aside from having a great name, it's made by Full Sail. So. It should be very hoppy. Six I remember point, liking Full Sail. 6.7% alcohol by volume, so it's not obscene like some beers. <laughs> That's hoppy. <laughs> Pours a nice dark or nice brown, cloudier beer. Unfiltered for the looks of it. Um, that's I mean that that presents right up front a lot of Cascade hops. Cascade, really? I mean, I'm getting hops, but I'm not sure I'm really picking out the variety. It smells like Cascade to me, but it could taste different. That's an interesting aroma because there's um, hops, but then there's also this brown sugary type aroma too maybe it's, I'm not saying it's brown sugar like brown sugar from Lagunitas but this malty it's reminding me of brown sugar hops mixed together that's hoppy very citrusy you think that's not Cascade? I didn't <laughs> say that actually it's it's a lot more grapefruit than especially like probably coming onto your tongue right about now mm-hmm. like almost like grapefruit juice like very acidic type yeah. flavor like in the late aftertaste. I don't know, Cascade tends not to be that much grapefruit. That's the only, when I taste Cascade, I taste grapefruit all the way. All the way? Okay. All the way. It's interesting how potent that grapefruit focuses that much in the aftertaste. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like everything's cool and mellow, and then it's like, here, have some tart and sour <laughs> acid. <laughs> if you didn't, if you weren't looking at this, and so you're tasting this blind, what would you call this? Grapefruit juice. <laughs> I'm serious. I cannot. I'm be, I'd be hard pressed to think of a beer that tastes more like grapefruit juice. Doesn't it taste like an IPA to you? No, it has a. I guess it could be an IPA. I mean, it's not the first flavor I think of when I come to IPA. There's this weird candy sweet type. That seems like it'd be a common theme in all the beers I'm tasting tonight. There's this the sweetness before the grapefruit comes through. And it's not like a multi-IPA would be something like, um, you know, Racer 5 or, you know, one of the man candy type IPAs. If, if I was saying this, I would say IPA or Pale Ale, if, if I had no idea. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the hops are coming well, through really strong. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, when you just want to categorize it, I mean, it has to fall into IPA just because the hops are right. over the top. I, just, I, I want to point out how different this is from the other winter ales we've mm-hmm. tasted. This is very strongly hopped. And not, the other two, you might be able to point out that, that that would be a winter beer, or at least you'd point out that you know, it's a strong malty mm-hmm. beer. Um, this one, significantly hoppier. 2007 Brewmaster's Reserve on this one. I mean, if I was looking, okay, if you didn't tell me where this was, and I was looking at this right now, and I was tasting this, I would say this is a pale ale. Because it has the look of a pale ale, kind of. I would go with double IPA. Double IPA? A double IPA where the alcohol is not apparent. That intense hoppiness, you don't get in pale ale. You don't get, you don't get in a standard pale ale. You don't get them in most IPAs. But the reason why I say pale ale is because there is, like you say, a bit of a malt backbone. And you expect that with a pale ale as opposed to an IPA. You, well, you, there's, there's double IPAs that are in multi to um, think Dreadnought. Or, yeah, Dreadnought. Or... Um, what's a good um, Trog, uh, Stout's double IPA it's fairly malty mm. right I just think that acid acidity 
um, grainy hop flavor that you get in the aftertaste. I think that would take me right up the double IPA. The reason why I wouldn't say necessarily IPA is because of the look of it. If I was looking at it, and I think, well, mostly IPAs are, are a little bit lighter in color. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a little on the dark side. Even for some of the mo- most, some of the darkest double IPAs tend to be orange. And, well, this one has like an orange glow from the light shining through it. It really looks like a cloudy brown. But instead of picking apart the I, color, I'm just I'm I'm pointing out that this is it is a strange beer in this yeah. uh, flight that we're doing because uh, this is significantly different from all the beers that we're going to be tasting tonight, including the last one. Mm-hmm. In fact, I hope this isn't going to ruin the last one. We could uh, take a little time off. Maybe maybe that's the best idea. Cleanse the palate. It's good. I'm not saying it's not good. Mm-hmm. It is very tasty. If you want, you want a, a, a winter beer that's essentially an IPA or double IPA, right. here it is for you. Boom. Um, and I know there are people out there who are just you know strong hopheads. And you know, frankly, I will be totally honest with you. You know, I've gone through that period where I was into hops, and then I was kind of you know into other stuff, and now I'm coming back and wanting more hops and stuff. So I'm in my third period where it's like. Yeah, give me some more hops. Let me let me taste. Some <laughs> you're, that again. you're regressing, huh? I don't. I wouldn't say I'm regressing. I'm just like, <laughs> throw it at me. See what see what it can do. Right. I mean, I love everything, but mm-hmm. yeah, give me some hops sometimes. Yeah. So I was out in uh, Sunnyvale Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area last week, and uh, I didn't get the time to do too much beer. We did go to the Beach Chalet. This is, I think, a relatively new brewery. It's a uh, in San Francisco at the uh, west end of Golden Gate Park, right on the ocean. And um, they had some pretty good food, but, you know, tried their beers. Having uh, been a bit foggy on exactly what all the beers tasted like, but they had a really good IPA. Not super hoppy like this one. They had it on cask, and that just really was nice. A nice, soft, mm-hmm. fruity, you know, you know, citrusy IPA was quite nice. Uh, so if you ever get the opportunity to check it out, the food was really good. I had a goat cheese ravioli mm. with wild mushrooms. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I love goat cheese and goat cheese ravioli with the right sauce. You know, not too tart mm-hmm. because the goat cheese is plenty tart. So yeah, the tartness came from just the cheese. Yeah. It was a, it was almost like a um, uh, marsala sauce kind of. You know, the wild mushroom sauce, mm-hmm. something like that, and uh, it went together really nice. I, I didn't have anything special to go out to eat, but I did make a goulash. I had a pork shoulder, like this big. Pork shoulder was like eleven bucks for five pounds. Okay, uh, seared it on all sides, uh, and then added uh, some fresh cut. Um, like I got assorted peppers, sorted hot peppers, and cubanelles, and papalanos, and mm-hmm. jalapenos. Cut them all up, threw them in there with uh, about a can of crushed tomatoes and a good amount of butter, and some paprika and garlic. Put that in the oven for three fifty for about three hours, and the pork just falls apart. Nice, and it becomes this, mm, this delicious like mix of all these great flavors. The only the only other time I got to go out for beer was right before we uh, left for the airport, and um, we just went to the Fault Line in Sunnyvale, and eh, a lot of their beers were below par. They had a Kolsch that was way too fruity; it wasn't clean enough. They had a, a Doppelbock that was horrible. It just tastes like bitter Kool-Aid. Ooh. It was way too sweet and oh, it was nasty. Their Hefeweizen was 
a little on the sweet side, not not enough phenols in it to really be interesting. However, their London Porter, I liked it a lot. <laughs> and their Nitro Stout was a very good Nitro Stout. Lots of flavor in it still. And um, so, actually, the two dark beers are the ones I'd recommend if you're in Sunnyvale and go to the Fault Line. They're not that high of a rated brew pub, but there's not that much around in that part of the Bay Area. There's just three brew pubs, and uh, we went out f- for um, team dinner at this pizza shop, and they had um, Sam Adam or Sierra Nevada and Gordon Biersch. The uh, the Gordon Biersch, <laughs> it was the Maybach. Or no, I'm sorry, it was the Meritson. And I don't know, there was just something didn't do it for me at all. Like the aroma, I was smelling feet and rubber bands. Or I said it smells like feet and it tastes like rubber bands. It just was not that good. And then I had a uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And it was amazing. Really? Like hands, like completely different beer from what I'm used to for Sierra Nevada tasting like. Maybe because I'm a East Coaster who can't get a fresh Sierra Nevada. I don't know. But normally the get this flavor that's a little bit of um, grainy, chalky, something from the yeast, I think. Or because it's bottle conditioned, maybe the stuff's too old in terms of autolyzing or something like that. But this one was fresh and citrusy and bright. And like to me, when you say Sierra Nevada, bright's not a, fl- a, a feel that comes to mind, but that one was very good. I'm reminded of when we were on the second, we were on the barley trip with Anheuser Bush, and uh, we tasted Budweiser that was, I assume, very, very fresh. The very first thing we thought was, wow, there's, you can actually taste hops in here. After three or four sips, it turned into the regular kind of thing you expect. But I mm-hmm. remember that for the very first taste, it was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's something different. Well, that's how the Sierra Nevada was. And it stayed that way. I had three of them. Mm-hmm. And they were all good. And yeah, kudos. I mean, I wish everyone could taste that Sierra Nevada. Because for some reason, Stars Born Wine, it was a very, very good American. Was it Man Candy? No, it didn't fall the Man Candy. It was too mm. citrusy. It wasn't malty enough. But um, like I said, clean, bright tasting. It was very good. Our last beer of the night is, we had this before, we loved it when we had it before. This is the Mad Elf Ale, ale brewed with honey and cherries from Trogues. Yes, this is Mad Elf, not Bad Elf. There you go, sir. So this is 11% alcohol by volume. This is a strong one. This is the reason why we're drinking tulip glasses, because this one deserves it. So this is last year's vintage. Let's hope that it's... It's been in the fridge all year, so it shouldn't be oxidized or anything. This is, by the way, in case you're wondering, this is not a chugger. This is a sipper. Happy Holidays 2006. Smells like cherries. And alcohol. (laughs) Yes. And certainly alcohol. We're drinking these in actually... I, at least I have Jeff as a dog because had tulip. I have a mad elf tulip, so I'm okay. happy to be uh, the one who has the tulip especially made for it. So this bottle's been out since before, you know the beginning of the pre-show, and I think it's just about getting to the right temperature for this beer. It feels like it's in the high 40s, 48, 49, 50, somewhere around there. I think it's a little bit colder than that, but tastes yummy. Got uh, that cherry... Cherry front and center. Um, if you want to know what cherry tastes like in beer, boom, there it is. Yeah, you think you think it's obvious? 
I'm getting a little bit in the aroma, but I I don't think it's obvious. Because when, when someone says, you know, if you want to know what cherries taste like in a beer, boom. I'm thinking a tart like a creek or like sweet like cherry soda. And this one's this one's pretty sweet to me. To me, it tastes um, a lot like... Uh, oh, I remember what I wanted to say. Damn it. Ugh. We were talking about the dogfish or the uh, flying dog uh, canine cruiser. When Greg was ranting about something or another, I uh, thought it had a bit of a tart taste to it. Like maybe it had started to sour just a tiny little bit, or maybe it was just from the malt or something. I, was, I wanted to ask Greg if he had picked up on that, but that's a lost opportunity now. Don't can't say if I did or not. I don't. I don't think I did. Mm. I do agree that there is a lot of cherry aroma in this beer. Probably more so than I've ever picked out of Mad Elf. And this is my first time having an aged Mad Elf. I wonder if the cherries... It's not really aged, though. It was in your fridge the entire time. It's not brand new fresh, though. It's not, you know, like a fresh Mad Elf at 11%. You know, the alcohol could use some conditioning, some mellowing, right? And um, this one's, you know, probably in good shape. I haven't tasted it yet. But the, um, the aroma is, yeah, it's a nice cherry. It's a full cherry. I've never... I had a Mad Elf on tap uh, the day before I went out to California, and um, it was good. It was very enjoyable. But I, I, I was mostly honey and Belgian. I wasn't getting um, cherries, and this one's just like double or triple the cherries that I got then. Hmm. So maybe waiting a year helps it. But, yeah, um, maybe the cherries get more pronounced. This is very, very good. Um, I, I know we, Ooh. we said... About- <laughs> That's a that's a party in your mouth right there. I mean, I got like five different flavors, like duking it out when I took a sip. Got some nice tart cherry. and something I've again never gotten from Mad Elf. I kind of curious if if they use cherry juice or or whole cherries. And if they use whole cherries, I wonder if there's a little bit of wild yeast that got in there and funkified it just a tiny little bit. Um, now you're shaking your head and you're not tasting any kind of tartness like from lactic acid or nothing? Okay. Nothing. And maybe it's just the, the cherries. It's just the cherries have, have tartness in but them. I've never but had it like that before. There's no, I mean, there, there's, this is not a sour beer. Don't get your hopes up. This is, um, it, it's a sweet, fruity beer. Um, there's a little bit of sourness in part of it because cherries are naturally a bit sour. But, but I've never had such potent flavors of cherries in Mad Elf, and I've had it, you know, a bunch, including, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago. When you say a sweet, fruity beer, that might turn some people off. It tastes like a Belgian triple. Yeah, it's not, okay, it's not cloying in any sense of the word, which is really, um, really a tantamount to the Trogues brothers being excellent brewers, because I think it'd be really easy to make this cloying and sweet and, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, honey and cherries and, you know, oh, that's heavy multi beer. <laughs> you could make this really wrong. And those Trogues brothers, they, they did it right. This, this is absolutely, I mean, this is great. This is really great. Now, you know, I'm thinking like, do they have it at the beer distributor? Can I buy a case and put it away for two years? <laughs> I'm seriously thinking about that right now. Like, I'll pay the fifty-five bucks and put it away for two years if I can have a beer like this, a whole case of a beer like this. This is really excellent. Um, I'd call it a wow beer, but we've had it before. So, I've never had a tasting like this. 
to me, this is a new beer. And I don't know if that means there's an asterisk beside my recommendation because a new Mad Elf is not going to taste it just like this. New Mad Elf is still very good, but it is not extraordinary. This beer is extraordinary. This is really excellent. Really excellent. This is, um, you know, we, we talk about beers all the time on the show. Obviously, we've done 102 shows. This is the kind of beer that you show off. You present to people and you're like, you know, here's what beer can be. And this can change minds about beer. This, yeah, I agree. I, I'm wishing I had more than the two ounces left that are in this <laughs> glass because uh, I don't want to use the word wow too much. I already said it once, but, man, I just want to say, wow, this is good. I think I don't think there's any rule saying that a wild beer has to be the uh, first time that you've had it. Maybe not. I just I, I mean I want to point out that this has been a wild beer before. I think for us, so I don't want to mm. go over. Maybe for you, in the past I've liked it, but I've never loved it. This time I'm in. freaking. I want it. <laughs> Jeff is thinking about leaving his wife for this beer. Yes. If you like my body and you think I'm sexy. <laughs> Be careful, you're going to get yeah, the beer report. the beer report if I sing. Okay, so this is the Trogues Mandolf, and, and we love it. Mm. All right, so ranking time. Gee, I wonder what's number one. Oh, Mandolf. <laughs> I thought you would know that. Um, number two will be the Flying Dog. Mm-hmm. Number three is tough. Not that tough. Number three is going to be my... Uh, Wreck the Halls from Full Sail. Number four, I think I'm going to throw in the pre-show beer, The Kid. That was a nice sports beer. I liked it. And then I'm going to put Blue Point in as the uh, last place. Just by slight, slight, slight bit behind The Kid from uh, Fort Collins Brewery. We did the pre-show. Boy, you know, in terms of enjoyability, I'd probably have to agree with you. Um, I'm wondering about... In terms of being contrary, though, Greg is going to pick. <laughs> I don't know whether the Full Sail kind of fits in with the rest of the show just because it was so hoppy. It was it was like it belonged in a different show. But it is a winter beer, so it kind of does. And it was very enjoyable. So I'm just going to go ahead and agree with you and say, you know what, that, that list works for me too. Okay. Even though I don't want to... I mean, the blue, the blue point gets to the, at the end, but I really do think everyone should try it. And I think it's probably going to be available to more people than the kid from Fort Collins because... I think it's really interesting, and I think people should check it out. Yeah, they're probably equally sized. Probably if you're on the West Coast, you'll find Fort Collins easier. And if you're on the East Coast, you'll find Blue Point easier. Uh, but, yeah, it was, um, man, let's stop talking and just drink some more Mad Elf. <laughs> I think this was uh, a good show because I, I think that, you know, all the beers are very good. I, I love a show when we don't have a bad beer in the punch. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, And that's what happened tonight. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email, beer at craftbeerradio.com. We would just love to hear from you. Yes, we would. Oh, there's uh, only 28 more days until my wife's due date. Oh, uh oh. The end is nigh. Uh oh. Here comes baby. Here comes trouble. <laughs> That's all for Craft Beer Radio. 
You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Sunny 